Welcome to the Epic Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Carol Walker. Each week, I get to talk to amazing women about their epic adventures in motherhood. I'm so glad you joined us. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay. Welcome to the Epic Mom Podcast. Today, our guest is Nicole Ricks. And we've been friends for however long you've lived in Alabama, right? Like how long? So, like 2011. So, eight years. Eight years. That's a long time. It is a long time. Gosh. But um, so, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself to everybody and tell us about your family? Okay. So, my name is Nicole Ricks. Uh, My husband Tony and I have six biological children, and at the moment, we have three foster kids. Um, so there's nine of us, nine kids, 11 of us in the house. Uh, my husband's a professor of English. I recently, since my last one went to uh, kindergarten, my baby's in kindergarten, I started working uh, for a cleaning company, just running their office. Um, I work from home a lot. And then I also started taking a class at Athens State um, this fall to get a degree in behavioral science. I already have my associates, so I could jump right in at Athens and, and get going. Oh, that's so, cool. I didn't know you were yeah. doing that. That's neat. So, yeah, I just started. Are you enjoying that, getting back into school? Yeah, I am. It's it's really cool. I'm learning stuff that um, is applicable to my life right now, which is cool. And then um, I'm hoping to be able to do something with the foster care system. I don't want to work with DHR necessarily, but I want to be able to help the people involved in that system. So, oh, that's cool. So, what can you do with a behavior mm-hmm. health, um, a behavioral science degree? Like what? Yeah. So, does that go on to like counseling um, or something? Yeah. So, I'll be able to do some counseling, um, some um, social work, lots of different kinds of social work. Uh, basically, just helping people with their behavior. That's a lot of what I'm going to be studying. So. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So have you always wanted to be a mom? Yes. You have always wanted to. Always. That's awesome. Yeah. So my mom was a stay at home mom. Yeah. Well, my mom's amazing. And she, um, she was a stay at home mom till we were all in school and then she started working. Um, and I just kind of always knew that that's the kind of thing I wanted to do was just take care of my family. And I've loved every minute of it. Why do you love it? What do you love about it? So I love helping people. That's like my MO for everything, I think. And uh, so I get these kids that um, that I get to take care of and help. And I love seeing them shape into the human beings they are now. Like, I don't know. Yeah. My, I think my kids are pretty awesome. And so I've just loved seeing them grow and seeing their personalities when they were little and now just seeing that shine forth more and more uh, as they get older. And now I have teenagers and it's just so fun to, to see them become the the people that they are. And I can't wait to see what they're going to become later. Right. That part. I love that part too. I love seeing it's like every stage I'm like, Oh, now this is my favorite. Cause you just get more and more of their personalities come out and you get to know them as individual people. And yeah, um, yeah, and a, you know, the, a lot of it's impacted by how they're raised, but a lot of it is just who they are, and that part I love to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
So your oldest is 16 or 17? Yeah. So my oldest biological is 16. Um, I do have an 18 year old foster son. Um, and so he's ending up getting a lot of our trial runs <laughs> without a yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, we try to explain that to him. Like, we don't know what we're doing. We're just trying to do our best. And, you know, we want him to be happy and be able to make good choices and live the kind of life that he wants. Um, and that's what we want for all of our kids. But uh, yeah, he definitely is getting the, the trial with that. So what are the challenges that you're facing? Because it is, I mean, I, I've told my oldest that he's a guinea pig many times. I'm like, mm-hmm. look, I've, and then I used it again with my second oldest because my oldest is a boy and my second oldest is a girl. So I was like, I've never been the mother of a girl at this age. So, you know, I kind of pulled that card twice. On the, <laughs> Just give me some grace because I don't know what I'm doing here. Such a difference between my first and second kid. Like they're, they're not at all alike. So I think each kid's going to be a guinea pig. <laughs> I think that's totally I, true. Yeah. I mean, my fifth one is... Um, she definitely has so much more spunk than the other ones that I, I really don't know what we're going to do when we get to her teenage years, but we're just, you know, doing the best we can right now. But um, some of the challenges I think are as my kids have gotten older, um, they're definitely becoming their own person. And so trying to balance that and letting them be their own person with still guiding them toward making the choices that I know are better for them than they know because of their lack of experience. It's not anything against them. It's just their kids and they just don't know the things that life has in store for them in the future. So that's, that's my, yeah. Cause I totally want them to be their own person and make their choices for themselves. But, but I, I know the things that can bring them more happiness than they do at this point. So I I want the to pitfalls and danger ahead and yeah. right yeah right so I wonder if you could share just kind of a little bit of a, your experience with deciding to be a foster mom and how that's kind of worked in your family and um and that sort of thing so I know you're super involved in in yes. being kind of an advocate in general but then also you've had several foster children in your home and how, how long have you had these three that are in your home right now um, the three we have now we had since uh, January of 2018, so we're going oh. 20 months, I think. Yeah, almost two years so, then. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's probably going to be at least that, if not permanent. It's still so up in the air, and that's how foster care is. But um, so we started fostering in uh, April of 2016. Yeah. Um. And, and my husband and I had been thinking about it for a long time and praying about it. And, you know, there's tons of excuses why not to do it. Um, and, but every time we'd pray about it, we just kind of got the feeling like not yet. And, and so we just kind of kept waiting. And then um, some kids in our church um, that I had worked with pretty closely in the youth program um, were, I found out were being put in foster care. And so I talked to my husband that Saturday morning and we kind of prayed about it overnight and decided, you know, we didn't want them to be split up. We wanted them to stay somewhere where they could still come to church with us and we could keep that bond and, um, and support them. So we said we would take them not knowing how that would work because we weren't licensed foster parents at the time, but we told uh, DHR, which is the department of human resources in, in 
our county that we would we would take them and that Monday they brought them over and um, that kind of started the journey that we've been on the last few years. And then, so how did that work out? Like um, DHR worked with you and we're ha- just so happy to have you that they kind of yeah. were patient. Well, in our license. county, yeah, our county specifically, and, and I know it's common in a lot of counties, but not everyone, um, but they're desperate for foster parents. So they, they needed somewhere for these kids to go. They didn't have, um, it was, they were, first of all, they were being put in a safety plan, which is different than the state taking custody. It's basically the state saying, you need some time away from your parents so your parents can get their act together for a little bit. Um, so Oops. they needed to find a safe place for them to be. Usually it's with family or friends. So, so they just kind of counted us as friends, which we were. And, uh, so they gave the kids to us without the state taking custody. So we didn't get a stipend, uh, a monthly stipend or anything like that um, for the first few months because they were in that safety plan for 90 days. So, um, so we had them for 90 days. And then at at that point when mom wasn't ready to have the kids back, the judge uh, ordered the kids to be put in state custody. we got a provisional license to be foster parents conditioned upon us taking the classes and getting licensed. Um, and so then we could start getting a monthly stipend to help us out. Cause that, that was kind of a heavy financial burden uh, to take three extra kids all of a sudden. Um, right. And they were teenagers. So, they are teenagers. <laughs> so, yeah. so most of our bills increased quite a bit, especially like our gas bill, having to take them to all the appointments and things they had to do. Um, so that the stipend was really helpful, but uh, we had a lot of great support. You guys helped us out with furniture, stuff like that. Um, we have a lot of great support that we've had to help us be able to take care of all the kids we've had. And I really don't think, yeah, it's, I I would say a support system is like the biggest thing you need. If you're going to be a foster parent, you need, you need to have people that are going to support you and help you just even emotionally, if not, you know, with, you know, furniture needs or things that come up. Um, and, and the foster system does provide that to a degree. So that's been great. But um, we also have great friends from church and everything that um, that have helped us. So it's it's been pretty amazing to see all that come together. That is amazing. I, too, have kind of considered foster care. And but my answer continues to be not yet. So, yeah, I'm like, OK, but um, yeah. But yeah, that's pretty awesome. That was already in your heart to do it. And then when the need arose, you were prepared emotionally to move forward. So what are some of the, what are some of the challenges that you face? Cause you said you need a support group. So what kind of emotionally, like, what have you gone through in terms of taking care of foster kids? I imagine with that, with your first placement, when that ended, I think that was, that was probably really emotionally difficult. It was. Not- yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole ride was, was difficult. I mean, um, cause one of the kids had some pretty severe mental health needs. And so we were, uh, constantly in and out of hospitals and doctors and things like that with her. Um, and the, the hardest part um, of giving them back, because I've, I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I know that my place is to take care of these kids until mom and dad are ready. And um, my version of ready is not the state's version of ready, but that's not my call to make. So, um, so giving them up and ha- having them not live with me is not as hard as seeing them go back to somewhere that I, I don't see is um, really the best place for them yet, if that yeah. makes sense. Sure. I mean, the state is very, um, 
get back to the parents as soon as possible. And I, I, I understand that, but, um, but I, I don't know. I'm glad I'm not a judge that has to make those calls. Cause that's, that that's be very, decision. um, but, but the support that I've needed has been, um, has been, you know, I have, I, on average, I've had nine kids for the last couple of years. So uh, I have a good friend of mine from that. I made friends with my kids, friends from school, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. My friend's mom. And anyway, so her and I are pretty close and um, she has been so great to, you know, pick up my kids from school if I'm busy helping one of the other kids or, you know, watch the little ones for me or whatever. As uh, Because when I started this, my, my oldest were not quite as independent as they are now. So I yes. couldn't just go as I can now. Um, now my, my oldest kids can pretty much run things if I need to be gone. But, um, and, you know, my husband works a lot. So, um, so he, he's also very helpful, but it's been great to have these friends that can, that can help me with those type of things. And then also that I can talk to um, I, and, and be a sounding board for the frustrations that I have and for the, um, the difficulties that arise just from working with DHR, that's just another monster in itself. But, um, but it's just great to have someone that can listen and, and try to understand and just, you know, completely support me instead of being like, well, you put yourself in this situation, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Cause that people could go that way. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but most of the people that, that have been there for me, have been so just supportive and just want to help me help the kids in any way that they can. And that's been fabulous. That's awesome. That's awesome. So have you, um, so have you seen those other children? Like, do you still have contact with them or no? I do. Um, the older one, um, doesn't, she, she was 18, almost 18 when she left and never wanted to be at our house in the first place. So she, she kind of doesn't want to have much to do with us, but, um, the younger two, um, I do see more regularly and still keep, keep a good relationship with them and, and get to still see how things are going in their lives and support them the best I can from a distance. Maybe being a resource to them in their future life as they launch out on their yeah. own or, or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. We've told that to all of our kids um, that that we want to be there for them, no matter what difficulties come up in their life when they're 30 or 40, you know, we want you to be able to know that you can always come back to us um, when, when awesome. things are hard. Yeah. We want to help them. Yeah. Because we, we need our parents for our whole lives, even if we aren't living yeah. with them, right? Sometimes you just need a parent. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are some of the, what are some of the joys that you have found through through foster care? Through foster care, um, I have loved seeing the kids grow. Um, kids, you know, thrive on routine and, and the schedule and knowing what's coming. And a lot of the kids, um, I've, I, the youngest one I fostered it as was seven when I got her. Everyone else was, um, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-ish, right around there. So preteens and stuff. And, and they hadn't had that most of their lives. So when I get them in a situation where they can be in a routine and they know what to expect and they know what our expectations of them are, um, they thrive and they grow. And it's so amazing to see the resiliency of children and how, um, 
how much they can grow and learn in such a short amount of time. It's, it's been really cool. That is cool. Do you find like, have, have there been like, is there extra conflict in your home because these kids come from such hard backgrounds and so like maybe their interactions aren't as positive as maybe you'd hope or like, have, has that kind yeah. of come up? And then what do you do about that? Yeah, it, it has come up. Um, we've had some kids that were much more difficult than others and it has brought some contention into the home. Um, and we try to keep it, you know, especially when it's things with the older teenagers, uh, we, we try to keep that just between Tony and I and the child instead of making the whole house aware of everything that's going on yeah, so that they can just keep living their lives. But sometimes it explodes out to the rest of the house. And that's um, something that we do try to avoid, but it has happened. And, and afterward, we just have to talk to our kids about it. Um, we've had a couple of, of kids that, that have um, thrown some violent fits about things um, that start out small, but we, I don't know, Tony and I have to, have to pick our battles, I guess. And, um, but it's sure. uh, still sometimes does, uh, does come out in ways that they, cause the kids don't know how to handle it is, is right. basically what it comes So they act to, in but... inappropriate ways. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, right. it's a lot of emotion, just even, even if they'd had a yeah. regular upbringing, um, and in a typical home being removed from that would just bring up a lot of emotion, let alone all the other yeah. reasons why they were moved from the home. It's very true. And it, it even with these ones we've had now, 20 months later, um, one of our little girls still has issues with that. She still is mourning the loss of, of her home that she was used to. So that's, that's something that we talk about on a regular basis. But um, yeah, w- when it does get rough and when, when things are a little more contentious in our home than we are used to and that we like, um, we have to deal with that child so that they can be calm and, um, you know, get them to a place where they can, you know, where the contention can die down. But then we have to, we usually just talk to our kids about it and help them process it instead of letting them be afraid or, or anything like that. But if Tony and I can, you know, talk to the kids so that they can tell us how they're feeling and get that out, it helps them not keep that bottled up and, and still be able to want an, an, a relationship with that kid. And, and so far, my kids have been amazing at it. So much more than I ever expected. And I think that that's another sh- sign of the resiliency of kids is that they can they can still form relationships and, um, and be happy even when things in their home aren't what they're used to. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And what a, what a great um, tool that you're teaching all of the children, it just sounds like communication seems to be like a key element and what a, what a gift that is. Everybody needs that in their home. Just lots of communication. Cause we don't know what's going on with other people unless we talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's so, a good tool. Try to utilize it, so. Yeah. So what kind of, what kind of things are you seeing in your biological children that they are gaining from um, inviting other children into to live in their home? I mean, it seems like it's a group project, a group effort, right? It's not just you and your husband. I mean, the, especially your older children are totally involved in the, in the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, so every time we get a call about taking a potential placement, we talk to our kids about it. I mean, Tony and I initially discuss it and then we say, okay, well, we think yes, but let's take it to the kids. There has not been one time when our kids have said no. 
um, I mean, individually, they might have had some hesitation about it, but they, um, after we discussed it as a family, they're they're able to be okay with the idea. Um, but I've seen them um, grow in their compassion toward other people. Um, it kind of puts them out of their comfort zone a little bit because even though it's their home, there's this new element in the home, and they're yeah. having to deal with that. You know whether they are ready for it or not. You know, even though they agreed, they they still might not be ready for it or be super excited about it. But they uh, they're able to adapt. And um, my littlest one, that's five, he doesn't know a life without foster kids in the house. So I um, I really love how he has just this completely innocent relationship with with so many of our foster kids now and former foster kids, and they're just a part of his life that's just how it is for him and I love that for him um because he has these other branches of of people that otherwise he wouldn't really interact with sure um they just come from a different socioeconomic background than my family does um but they they really have just been able to um grow more independent partly because I'm busier I just I am so they've had to take care of things and they've been able to handle it with flying colors and just um, keep our house a, a place that they want to be and a place where other people can feel welcome as well. And I'm, I'm truly grateful that they have had this experience because I think it will benefit them as adults to be able to see people in need and have a desire to help them, even when it's uncomfortable or inconvenient or um, unpleasant sometimes. Right. Yeah, for sure. Cause it's not all, it's not all rosy and yet there are wonderful things that come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. is, so are you anticipating that you're going to always be a foster family or you just kind of play it a day at a time? Yeah. I mean, right now the three we have, we don't know if we're going to end up adopting them. We're willing to, if it comes to that. Um, but I don't know if mom's going to be able to get them back or not. Um, Cause she's, she's been able to keep herself clean at other times in her life, but just keeps falling back. So that's something the judge is going to have to take into consideration. So I, I don't know um, if we do take them. I don't, if we do adopt them, I don't know that we can continue fostering because I don't know that I can do 10, 11 yeah, kids. That's a lot of <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, right. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. So, you know, we're open to whatever, and it's absolutely a matter of prayer uh, on a daily basis, prayer for, for bio parents, prayers for all of the kids in our home, prayers that, um, that whatever the Lord has in store for them is what we will be able to do. So, um, and then we just kind of take it case by case. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not completely dissimilar to just parenting your own biological children without adding yeah. foster care <laughs> day by yeah. day. So what, what advice, if any, would you give to someone who's kind of considering um, doing foster care? Um, I would say if you're even considering it, that you should maybe just look into the classes. You can start taking the classes. Um, in our county, it's 10, 10 weeks of three hours each week. Um, they don't always go the full three hours, but um, to, to get your license. And, and once you start meeting people 
in that will be doing it with you and learning some of the things they teach you that then you can make a more educated decision if this is really for your family or not. Um, well, of course, nice. number one would be pray about it. Um, but, but number two would be just go ahead and, and start looking. I mean, one of the things I thought we wouldn't, one of the things that held us back was I didn't think our house would pass inspection because our upstairs is not, um, centrally heated and cooled so we have ac units in the windows and i thought well they're not going to let us do it if that's the case because you're supposed to be able to have a a window ladder that the kids can get out in case of fire blah 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 um so i thought well they'll never pass us because of that but turns out they didn't care so you I know think like you things say that, that might... the need is so great the need is so right great that there's certain things that they will let it be an accommodation for and I mean, obviously, yeah. it, nothing safety related, but certainly something like air conditioning being central heat or air or window unit is not that big of a deal. Right. And so, you know, I know I've, I've seen in other, like, I think California is so incredibly strict. I think it's very difficult to become a foster parent there, but I'm in Alabama. It's really not, not hard as far as those logistical things go. So if, if you're even just considering it, just go ahead and sign up for the classes. They're free and you can just get more information and, and you meet amazing people that will also be some of your support. Because um, um, some of my support system is in the foster care system and some of it's out, um, but, but I need them all. Yeah. So just, uh, just see what you think and then you can decide. Nothing, nothing is permanent and um, you can always say this isn't for me at this point and step back and no one will judge because we all know how hard it is and that you have to be ready. So, um, that's awesome. Yeah. You can go yeah. Just go look into it and learn more. You're right. To make an educated decision about yeah. it. And then, so what yeah. kind of encouragement would you give to, um, a foster mom who is just really struggling right now? What kind of encouragement could you give her? Um, I would say, I mean, it's the same things as with being a parent. I mean, you have to take time for yourself and that's one of the hardest things to do, but, um, but you got to be able to take time for yourself and, and your spouse. I mean, my husband and I um, try to get away as often as we can. And, and for a little while we had built-in babysitters, but now our, our built-in babysitters or our teenagers have lives of their own and they're gone. <laughs> Most right. we yeah. have, yep. I'm like, Oh, I don't have babysitters anymore. And I, Sometimes I make them stay home, but, um, but so, you know, we just locked our bedroom door and we left one of the preteens out with the kids and said, you guys watch a movie. We're watching a movie in our room. Don't bother us. And it was amazing. And I, I loved it. Um, cause we just, we were able to talk without ears listening and being interrupted. And, um, so that was wonderful. So we just, we just have to take time for ourselves and, um, regroup and that will always, always help. And things don't look so bad when you come back. That is true. That's good advice for every parent. What do you, yeah. what do you personally do for yourself to rejuvenate and regroup? So um, I just need like 20 minutes at least. That's just me. Like that I can just not have to talk to anybody, not have to help anybody with anything um, big or small. And that I can just, you know, read a book or, the class that I'm taking at, at, uh, in college has been awesome that I can just study without, without any distraction. Um, cause that's hard to find time to do. 
but if I can just kind of get that every couple of days at least, and usually it can be longer if I wait long enough for the kids to go to bed, um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I can have some time. Just a few minutes to yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and it helps me just to regroup and get my head in the right place and, um, be able to jump back in. And, and it really does help that I, I do love my life. <laughs> I mean, if I was already kind of depressed and kind of upset about things and, um, and not happy with my life to begin with, it, it would have been harder to add that more difficult thing on. So, um, you gotta be in a good place when, when you start out. That's super advice. That's super advice. Well, I really, really appreciate your time today and your wisdom and encouragement for anyone who's considering being a foster mom. And um, I, I appreciate that you kind of let us into a little window of your life today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm that great of a mom or anything like that, but I do know that I'm doing the best I can and that's all I can expect for myself. So that's well go with that. That's good <laughs> advice. And your and your kids are great. So you can you can look at the evidence at the same time and be like, okay, so I may not be perfect, but I think I my best is doing a good enough job. So Right. I hope so. Yeah, we'll see. Too. <laughs> it's a, it's a daily conversation with myself, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Nicole. I super appreciate it. I've enjoyed our talk so much. Yeah, thank you. I can't wait to hear your other podcast. It's going to be awesome. Thanks. Hi, friends. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Nicole as much as I did. Isn't she inspiring the calm and peaceful way she just handles what life throws at her? And she just makes me want to be a better person and help others around me. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining me today on the Epic Mom Podcast. Tune in next time when I talk to my sister, one of my favorite podcasts ever. Make it an epic day.